Welcome to Helping Challenging Children. This podcast is for adults who want to understand why children behave the way they do and how to support them to increase their ability to self-regulate and to become more independent. My name is Dr. Pat McGuire. I'm a developmental and behavioral pediatrician who and I have been working with these children for over 30 years, and I can tell you that with the right support, they all do great. So enjoy these podcasts, and hopefully you learn a little bit each time. What does it mean to say obedience through fear does not bring respect? Well, first, let's listen to a couple of phrases that I've heard parents say over the decades. You better name that chore if you know what's good for you. Get over here now or you will be sorry. Don't ask questions, just do it. For centuries, parents and authorities have used fear of pain or punishment to get those under them to obey. They think that this leads to respect, but history has shown us that it leads to resentment and the tendency to plot revenge for most people. Parenting consists of two factors, demandingness and responsiveness. Authoritarian parents exhibit high demandedness and low responsiveness. Responsiveness relates to the sense of support and attachment that the child feels coming from the parent. Children raised with little or no responsiveness tend to feel like they have failed to earn their parents' love. They try harder to comply with demands and to anticipate the parents' direction in an attempt to experience love from their parent. Some children act out more just to get some response from their parents, since at least when they are being punished or yelled at, they know their parent notices them. Looking at the outcome of children and adolescents raised under the obedience through fear model, it has been found that children are aggressive, but can also be socially inept, shy, and cannot make their own decisions. These are children who are led by their amygdala, which is the fight or flight area of the brain. They have been unable to develop their frontal and prefrontal lobe regions where calm and logic prevail. They are afraid to speak up for fear of being rejected. They are more likely to follow someone who speaks out, especially if they do it laced with fear about them against us. Children in these families have poor self-esteem, are poor judges of character, and rebel against the authority figures when older. We see this daily with gangs and extremist groups including the people protesting against the COVID vaccine and mask mandates. Children will model the behavior shown to them by their parents while with their peers and as future parents themselves. We even see how children play, frequently parenting what their parents or other authority figures say and do. Children rarely learn to think on their own. These will be adults swayed by leaders who present the same fear-laden language that their parents did to convince them to do as told. 
Children have a difficult time managing their anger and are very resentful. As adults, they can't have a civil conversation with another adult of differing opinions and beliefs. It is also essential to look at the effects of authoritarian parenting on being vulnerable to extremist views. A 2015 study at the University of Nebraska Omaha, led by the National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Responses to Terrorism, found the following. 45% of those interviewed reported being victims of childhood physical abuse. 21% noted being a victim of childhood sexual abuse. 46% interviewed reported a childhood of neglect. These figures exceed the rates of child maltreatment found in the general population, where a recent study found 28.3% of American adults retrospectively reported being physically abused as a child, 20.7% being sexually abused as a child, and 12.4% reported being neglected as a child. All of these come from a 2014 report by the CDC. In addition to childhood maltreatment, interview subjects also reported a range of other tra traumatic experiences, which include parental incarceration, 29%, parental abandonment, 31%, family substance use disorders, 49%. The effects of their numerous childhood adverse experiences, called ACEs, also led these extremists to experience mental health problems themselves. A study reported that almost two-thirds, or 62%, of the interview subjects reported attempting suicide and or seriously considering suicide. 57% of the sample reported experiencing mental health problems either preceding or during their extremist involvement. 59% of subjects reported a family history of mental health problems. These individuals were also more likely to engage in high-risk behaviors. 72% of the subjects reported having issues with alcohol and or illegal drugs. More specifically, 64% of these subjects reported experience experimenting with alcohol and or illicit drugs before the age of 16. 58% of subjects reported truancy, 54% reported academic failure in terms of either being expelled from school or dropping out. We have seen a significant increase in people joining their voices and actions to authoritarian leaders over the last decade. They are much more blatant in showing their beliefs. They are openly attacking people who they deem as inferior to themselves, when in reality, these attackers are fearful of these other people. These are people who try to find acknowledgement and acceptance with those parental figures, but in the end, they will not get it since they are only minions in the effort. The leaders will not praise them, but rather let them rot in jail as casualties of war. So how do we reach these damaged adults? How do we prevent our children and adolescents from following the same path? I have shown you the numbers but we as a nation need to change to stop it. We need to shift our system from repeated punishment for not being good enough 
to a model where we assist parents from pregnancy forward in modeling patience, problem solving, and collaboration. Our child care centers and schools need to be models and as surrogates of authoritative parenting, which still has expectations, but is balanced with support and caring. There are too many schools that pride themselves on zero tolerance. The ones who suffer most from this are the same students who don't have a nurturing environment at home. They become more beaten down and develop the attitude that it is them against the world. We can turn this around if we are willing to change our mindset. But if we don't do this nationally, we are opening the door to more division and risk of civil war. It is time for you to decide. Are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? Mm-hmm.